This podcast is brought to you by Kiefer Her. Whether you're feeling the effects of menopause or your menstrual cycle, discover what's key for you in less than five minutes with tailored supplement recommendations, information and insights on kieferher.com. Hi, I'm Renee. And I'm Donna. Welcome to the Key For Her podcast. In this series, we aim to educate and open up honest conversations with both medical professionals and real-life women. We want to shine a light on those topics that sometimes go unspoken about and help empower women to know what is key for their health and well-being. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Key For Her podcast. And today, Donna and I will speak to Nicola Connolly Byrne. Nicola is a personal empowerment specialist and she is a TEDx speaker and the founder of Nicola Connolly Byrne Platform. She also has her own podcast called Soul Chats. Nicola is devoted to helping people to be themselves, overcome their past and live their best lives. So Nicola, welcome to the Key For Her podcast. Thanks so much, girls. It's great to be in good company. I'm delighted to be here. Great to have you, Nicola. Thanks for coming on. We'd love you to tell us a bit about yourself and how you became this wonderful personal empowerment specialist that you are you're a powerhouse now at this stage so (laughs) how did it all start I suppose it all started girls because I would have had a very challenging childhood and I used to ask a lot of questions do a lot of research and make a lot of changes from a very very young age and I was probably a pain in the high end of everybody's behind from about the age of seven but I identified some things that I knew were not going to be part of my adult life. And I just took steps towards making that happen, I suppose. And I'm a big believer in when you get given, when you learn teach. And I suppose I gathered up all of my knowledge over an extended period of time. And I put it into one place, which is called Soul Works. Because if your soul is not working, girl, nothing is working. So I put everything that I know Although my team gave out to me to say, it's not everything that you know, Nicola, it's the majority of what you know (laughs) in one place. Because I wanted other women to not have to suffer as long as I did. I didn't want women to have to go through a lot of the challenges that I did for the extent of time that I did. And if I can help somebody along the way, I will. And I'll be their biggest cheerleader. So what were the challenges that you faced? I suppose. Suppose. <laughs> How long is the piece <laughs> I suppose I would have been surrounded a lot when I was younger by addiction, by gambling, alcoholism. I would have been on my own quite a lot when I was younger. I would have had a lot of responsibility a lot when I was younger. So all of those experiences can have a very negative impact on you as a child. I know that it certainly did for me and it traveled on into my teenage years and into my early 20s until I really got myself together. So, yeah, it was a dark past and I chose to not have a dark future. That's a really nice way of saying it. I think that people can really overcome obstacles that might have been in their past and create their own future and choose their future and to have a great life, a life that they have chosen for themselves, not one that was just bestowed on them. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that, Renee, because that's actually part of SolWorks, something that's bestowed on you. So I know that, listen, my TEDx goes into far more detail than we're going to go into here because, you know, we only have an hour. But I suppose what's really important is part of SolWorks is that we look at our inherited values and our inherited traits. And there's an expectation in families sometimes, I think, that we're going to behave and do things in a certain way. Because what we do in SolWorks is you do self-reflection and you ask yourself difficult questions and then you go off and you do the writing through journaling and it's all guided, which is brilliant. And you have the support network of the group as well. But part of that is asking yourself the questions. Are the things that you inherited from the people who reared you, and it might not be a mother and father, it could be a granny, it could be an auntie, mm-hmm. anybody, or your main influencers, are they true to you? Are you doing this just because, are you behaving in a certain way just because that's what you believe is expected of you? Or are you ignoring your soul's calling and what's important for you and your values and your boundaries? Are you completely ignoring that and living up to somebody else's expectation? All the while, then you have this anxiousness and disease that's gone on on the inside of you and you don't really know what's happening because you haven't put the pieces of the puzzle together. And so, so many people are just going around living the life of their inherited views, feelings, because being told to be a certain way. And do you hit a certain age and you kind of go, right, I need to start looking and reflecting on actually what do I believe now? Do you think there's a point in life that I tell you, you have an epiphany? Maybe this is for women. (laughs) For me, when women approach me, when they get to the point of enough is enough, they're absolutely sick to their back teeth of the way they're living their life or a relationship that they might have or how they're behaving themselves within their family, but they feel like they're at breaking point and they know something needs to change. And that something, and this is a really bitter pill to swallow, that something is always you. Mm. Yeah. So you have let it on for so long. And actually, why do we let it get to that point where it's like, that's it. I've had enough. This is the edge. I need everything to change. Or actually, if we do bits along the way, it doesn't build up. But we're all guilty of that. It always builds up. And then I suppose maybe this is why this midlife crisis or whatever anyone wants to call it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of women have this epiphany and have had enough and they want yeah. to change the way and they're thinking. And yeah. They're living I would much prefer if people didn't wait until the crisis point. Mm, yeah. You know, I would much prefer, and this is why I put this program together. Well, I put lots of programs together, but this is my main one where I want the whole of the planet Earth really to do it, men and women and children. <laughs> I would prefer if people didn't wait until there was a crisis. I would prefer if people got to know themselves on a really core, granular level so that the crisis doesn't happen. I'm very proactive in all elements of my life. And this program that I wrote, SolWorks, really does help you be proactive and is a preventative measure for things going down the pan, really. It's being self-aware. I think we're all so busy, stressed, and we don't take much time to actually reflect and think, actually, how do I feel? How am I doing? And that's so important. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, if you don't know who you are, you won't know where you're going. And you won't know how you're going to get there. That's very true. Yeah. So it's really important for everybody who's listened to this. I often say to clients when they come to me first, 
do you know what your values are as a person? Like, do you know what your high core values are? And everybody's answer is, yeah, absolutely, I do. Yeah, yeah. And then I say, okay, so tell me what they are. And they're like, well, love, (laughs) honesty. (laughs) You know, they start picking it from the value tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard somebody else say it. Yeah, they heard somebody else saying it and they thought it was cool. But understanding what your values are and living by your values will really have a positive or negative impact on the quality of your life. Because if you're living outside of your own values, you are diminishing yourself, your self-worth, your self-belief, your confidence, your chip, 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 chipping away at yourself on a daily basis. And you don't even know it. Know it. With inherited, you know, a lot of the time values possibly from your parents that thought they were possibly doing a good job or they might have had their own issues with their upbringing and they're filtering down, you know, through generations into yourself and you end up doing things automatically and you out of habit. Yeah. And you think, hold on a sec. I don't actually believe that. Say, for example, right. My mom never took HRT, for example, because I know she read the stuff in the papers at the time. She said, no way am I ever trying that. But I didn't actually tell her when I was going to start it because I knew she was going to say, you can't be doing that now because that's really dangerous. And I just, I'm not going to tell her because I'm going to do this myself anyway. And I don't want to have that yeah. in my ear. And, yeah. you know, it's worked for me and I feel good and I understand the benefits and the risks. And I want to go ahead and use that myself. Yeah. But that certain beliefs that your parents might have had like the way they trickle down, you don't have to have all of them. It's okay to question what you grew up with and make your own choices. Yeah, it's not only okay to question it, Renee. It is imperative Yes, that we question it. It has to be part of your daily spiritual practice that you are asking questions because if people are not asking questions, we're not learning anything, you know? But also to go back to the inherited stuff and parents dealing with their own stuff, I know like every unhealed wound that we have emotionally, we will continue to bleed on the people around us when we have an unhealed emotional wound. It is our responsibility, our ability to respond to what has happened, to heal that as best as we possibly can so that we do not transfer it on to the next generation. That is our responsibility. Whether you have children or whether you don't, because you're impacting your community, the people that you work with, your friends, your family on a daily basis. I can't get away from it. There are elements of me, and I'm working on myself every day, girls, since I'm seven. But there's elements of me that are still unhealed. And I know for sure that I'm bleeding, you know, negative parts of my character onto my kids subconsciously. Yeah. But as soon as it comes into the conscious space, as soon as it becomes into the realm of my reality of, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. Then it's your responsibility to put it right and to work out the reasons why. Always go back to the why. Why do I do that thing? Why do I behave in that way? Why do I react? React and respond is a big part of soul works, is understanding the difference of why you react and why you respond. It is. It's been self-aware, isn't it? It's like the opening up 
your mind to not just be numb every day going through the motions and just be more aware of what you're saying and what you're believing and what you're passing on. Because it's so easy, like you said, to say something to the kids or to say something to a coworker and you'll just go, oh my gosh, that's so mom or that's so something from my dad or that's maybe not the way to think. And so I think maybe the first step is being self-aware, isn't it? Definitely. But the thing about self-awareness is that you have to want it. You have to choose and want to be self-aware. And when you choose and you want to be self-aware, you are going to fact, you are going to have to face some ugly stuff on the mm. inside of you mm. that you would sooner just sweep. Well, so this is why we don't yeah. we a lot of the time people won't go there because it's too painful. Yeah, because yeah. then it builds it up too much. Yeah, yeah. Like Ren and I have done a lot of work over the years and we've helped each other a lot, you know, and going through our own stuff as well as obviously the health stuff as well. There was a lot of our own emotional stuff that was a very important part of that process. So yeah, it's awareness and not letting it just bubble over. You have to kind of face it, don't you? Yeah, well, you mentioned pain there, Donna. And for me, I've done this myself my whole life and I encourage all of my clients to do the same. Pain is your portal to healing. We have to safely lean towards the pain in a safe environment where you're mm-hmm. held and understood with zero judgment. Okay. Sometimes people can go on a personal journey. I went on a personal journey because I had to, because there was no internet back then. Lads, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, you know. <laughs> it was a hard slog. But now we have brilliant inventions like the internet we have facebook groups we have tiktok we have all of this information available to us you can choose to go off and do the journey on your own very very lonely can be very confusing and very isolating and you learn more far more quickly in numbers than you do as an individual and the shared learning space i just adore the shared learning space but i suppose your kinds of clients that would be listening to your podcast are either interested in menstrual health or perimenopause or menopause and it's really important for me that anybody who's facing perimenopause first of all because that's the phase that I'm in I can't speak about menopause because I'm not there yet but perimenopause can be a very confusing time it can be a very upsetting time it can be a very isolating time you don't understand what's going on like last year I had never heard of perimenopause so I'm like on this deepest learning curve of my life (laughs) the deepest learning curve of my life to educate myself. But all I know is if I did not have the tools that I have for myself, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, if I didn't have those tools, I don't know where I would be. If I was facing perimenopause, not having a toolbox in my backpack of things that I can rely on through the journaling, through doing soul works, through doing soul steps. I haven't spoken to you about that yet. That's daily spiritual practice. If I didn't have daily spiritual practice in my life while I was in the struggle phase, I don't Don't want to even imagine what my life or any other woman's life would be like. And I think perimenopause is a wonderful phase to imagine yourself like the caterpillar in the chrysalis that is going through the struggle Mm. has to go through this struggle to get back down to ground zero, to go inside, as we spoke about earlier, to find out who the fuck you are. Like, really? 
like really who the fuck you are. Not on this shiny happy face that you put on when you have to go outside the house, when you have your mask on, or when you have to go into the office, or you have to face people, who you are on a soul core level. It is our responsibility that when we're going through this phase, that we do that work internally so that we can go through the pain and break through the chrysalis and come out as this new butterfly with all of these new colors of understanding who I am and living your life through your own values. Because when you live your life through your own values, you're only going to live longer. Yeah. I think also as you get older, you have the perspective of empathy for people that may have done wrong to you. And looking back and you can say, okay, X, Y, and Z happened to me or someone said something years ago that always stuck with you or something happened to you. But instead of just holding on to the anger, you have to say to yourself, why did they do that? What happened to them that caused them to be so angry and want to lash out at you? Perhaps it wasn't about you in the first place. You just happened to be in the firing line, the wrong place at the wrong time. and Something happened. And sometimes, you know, with looking back inwards and doing that work, you can actually, instead of just hating on someone, that you can have this empathy and say, actually, I feel sorry for that person because I didn't realize what they were going through at the time. They didn't know how to deal with something. This is the best kind of way they knew how at the time. And you can turn it from this always feeling anger towards them to actually, I understand why that happened. And it actually, it just kind of shrinks down this anger that you might have towards someone and it just turns it. And once you can turn that perspective on it, it means that you can actually grow from it and you're not coming from a place of anger anymore. It's empathy and you can grow from it, I think. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. So there's only ever two emotions, girls. There's only ever love and there's only ever fear. Okay. Yes, I agree. So everything else is a derivative of either love or fear. So when you find yourself in a position whereby you are wronged or hurt, like you were just referring to there, Renee, only hurt people hurt people. And people who are unhealed are the most dangerous. Okay. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, yeah, that person really wronged me, maybe once, maybe over an extended period of time. And you're hearing this now, this is now in your consciousness. So you can't unhear this conversation and it will gnaw away at you for the rest of your life. When you do feel like you're in this position again, you have a choice. You can either sit in the toxicity of hating that person or holding a grudge or not wanting to forgive them because that's fear that they're all derivatives of fear or you can flip it for your own mental health your own physical well-being your own psychological safety where you say to yourself okay like you just said something happened to them it is not my concern it's not my business Mm -hmm. what's my concern is how I process this and how I deal with this going forward So empathy definitely is needed in this situation to have a bit of understanding, which is the energy path, because everything is, which is the energy and the connection between you and that person. Now, I want to be super crystal clear here. That is not an invitation for anybody who's listening to this to say that person who has really wronged me or crossed me or broke a boundary or wasn't loyal or disrespected me whatever it might be, that is not an invitation for you to say, okay, just going to come from love. 
and forgive them and invite them over for Sunday dinner. Because that drives me cracked. You have to be able to set in boundaries because it's not just everything's fine. I forgive you and ignore, ignore it. Because sometimes things are huge and you're just there. Sorry, we need to put in serious boundaries here, whether they know it or not. Yes, 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 yes. exactly. Whether they know or not is a really, really good thing to say, Renee, because you don't have to take out an ad in the local newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) The newspaper would be full and it'd be really interesting. (laughs) You'd be like, And there'd be lots of fine print. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to take an ad out in the local newspaper to say, do you know what? I just worked out what my boundaries are and these are my boundaries because people don't listen to words, they listen to action. Yes. So when we're putting our boundaries in place, it is really important that we back them up because your boundaries are either set in sand or set in cement. If your boundaries are set in sand and your self-respect is set in sand, that means anybody can come and knock that over at any stage. Okay. So when I am helping people build their boundaries, I'm helping people build their boundaries in cement. That doesn't mean that we can't work around other situations when we're in relationships. Of course we can, but a boundary is a boundary. The other thing is, if you are choosing to forgive somebody for something, just because you choose to forgive them, A, doesn't mean that you have to tell them that you're forgiving them if they're no longer in your life. And B, you don't have to take out an ad in the newspaper either. And C, it can be done privately just for you. And you don't have to invite them back into your life again. If somebody has crossed the line where you know this relationship cannot be saved, we cannot heal this, You've left no stone unturned. You've done everything that you possibly can. You can still forgive that person and let them go with love and not invite them over for your lovely roast potatoes on Sunday. Oh, there must be a lot of women inviting people over for roast dinners after this. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, because that's Mm -hmm. what we should be doing. It is. Just going back to boundaries, right? It's not something you ever sit down at some point. Maybe it is when you hit a certain... But I mean, when you're younger and you go, right, these are my boundaries and these are my values. And what you just said about taking the time to actually get to know yourself is a really, really important thing. And it's something that we just don't do and it should be done, right? Yeah, well, this is why I love teaching and skills. Yeah, started yeah. young. Wow. Because I'm able then to give this knowledge to the young people because when you have that knowledge you can't unlearn it Mm. you know Mm. like I had a situation a couple of weeks ago whereby my daughter Charlie came home from school and she's like oh mom I'm after getting this temporary teacher wait and I tell you all about her she told the story about this teacher who was going to give up just before her leaving and this woman came in to give a talk and inspired her to knuckle down and do the leave and change the trajectory of their life that woman who gave that talk was me. Oh, wow. What? It's amazing. Oh, it's come full circle. And now she is teaching Charlie. She's teaching my daughter. And she was able to relay that story to Charlie. And her values and her beliefs at the time, this particular teacher, who from all accounts from what I hear is absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Her belief system at the time was, is that she wasn't good enough. Is that, so why should she bother? She had left it too late and whatever I had said to her on the day clearly gave her the little oomph that she needed. When I got her to look at the fact that this is a temporary situation, 
you can shift this, you can turn this around. Everything is within your control and it's never too late to change. And that kid knuckled down. I think she was able to work on her boundaries a little bit and got a lovely leap. And is now a school teacher in this country. And teaching her own daughter. That's amazing. Phenomenal. (laughs) Incredible. So I suppose it goes back to where we get the boundaries from and it's all learned, right? So we just take on whatever we're seeing at home as our boundaries. And you can see then how that becomes a problem because yeah, if someone at home didn't have great boundaries and you thought that that was normal, yeah, then you continue that pattern. 100%. And Donna, like kids don't do as you say, they do as you do. Yes. So I always say to parents, all of your children are purchasing a ticket every morning to the mommy and daddy shop. Whether you like it or yeah. not, Gary, stage, Gary, yeah. creating three files. They're creating, that's how a woman behaves. That's how a mommy behaves. That's how a wife behaves. The other three files that they're creating is, that's how a man behaves. That's how a daddy behaves. That's how a husband behaves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if boundaries are all over the place, Boundaries are going to be all over the place in your kids. And women often say to me, when they don't say to me for long, I can tell you when they're working with me. But at the start, they say, I don't want my kids to end up the way I am with no confidence and no self-belief. So I want to purchase this course for them. Wasting your time. Wasting your time. You have to do it for you first. To teach them order to be able to display when you're on the mommy and daddy stage every day how it's done you can pour as much money into them kids as you like you can send them on all the courses all day long from now until they're 18 it won't make a blind bit of difference if they do not have a physical illustration of that in their life they need to see it it's so eye-opening when you just think about it it is every day they're absorbing it all. But then if you look at, you know, and you take the kids to the side and, and you just look separate just relationships and the boundaries then that we have learned from our own parents and then how that could easily go so wrong if it's not actually your own values and you're pretty much living someone else's life then, yeah. right? I'm so glad that you said that, Donna, because that's exactly what ends up happening. We end up repeating history and living yes. someone else's life and values. And by the way, your parents' values, they're inherited too. Exactly. Yeah. You're getting a long lineage of shite. <laughs> a long lineage of shite. So it's our responsibility that yeah. we're aware of the shite, that we clear up the shite. Yeah. And there's a lot of good though then as well. You know, 100%. you can take on great traits and great boundaries and great whatever, but you can also take on the shite. So. Yeah. Even though I had a very fractured relationship with my mom, my mom is still my biggest teacher. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Same. Yeah. It can also be a positive thing. Like I have learned so much from my family. I think we all do if we are aware, you know, yeah. and I think it's that separation of because you, you grow up when you're a kid and you think they know it all. But, you know, they're just parents like everyone else. And then you grow up and go, actually, this is what I think. This is the work you're talking about then, right? Yeah. 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 My parents were children getting married. My parents were their best. You know, my mom was 20 when she had me. Her 21st was me puking all over her that night in the house on her own. Oh, do you know what I mean? Mm. They were children. 
Mm. You know, they did the best that they could do at the time and just chose a path that wasn't for me. But they still are my main influencers on who I've become. And I am so grateful for my past. I didn't say that at the time. Now. <laughs> I know by through. I, I can tell you that now. Yeah. Every day was a week and every week was a month and every month was a year. And I couldn't wait. I was wishing me life away. But now I wouldn't give up my past, my story, my history, my culture, where I'm from. I love Edenmore. I love Dublin Five. I love the people up there. It's deadly. That's you. All those experiences are you. And I think you just have to see what's negatively impacting you. Isn't it? And that's the work. It's like finding what's maybe holding you back. It's really honing in on the fact that we need to start listening to our bodies. When you are listening to your body and you know, whether it's a physical thing or an emotional thing, when you know something's just not off and you go like that, hmm, that's not an opportunity to go, I'll deal with that again. That's an opportunity for you to take the pen and take the paper Mm. and start doing a bit of writing. Because see that, man, saved my life. Yeah. If it wasn't for the pen that I'm holding in my hand, not this very pen, because I've gone through thousands of pens, but the pen. You're right, though. Getting it on paper sometimes takes the swirl out of your head. And sometimes you could be really feeling like there's so much going on. And once you can put it down on paper, what's annoying you? Write it down and work on the things that you're able to control. And there's certain things you can't control. But once you get it down on paper, instead of having it all swirling, it just puts more structure on it and yeah. makes it feel I don't know like you can understand it more but just it's more manageable absolutely more manageable it doesn't feel as chaotic but there was a story I had heard a few months ago and it kind of resonated with me and I think it was funny about just intergenerational things they were doing their Christmas dinner and they say take out the pot for the ham and the kid said it's a very small pot and it's like no this is the pot we're going to use this is the pot that I use, and this is the pot that your nana used and our nana before her. And this is the pot we're going to use. And the kid kept saying, very small, like it won't fit. But it turns out that when the mother asked her mother, why are we using that pot? And she said, that was the only pot that your mother had. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's all that she knew to use. And it's just that she couldn't afford a bigger pot at the time. But they coming down through the generations, they were still using the same pot and didn't know why. They just automatically did it. And this is like these things coming down through the generations that you might be doing something today literally because of some random reason your granny had, you know, like 50 years ago. But yeah, it's like you're down to the Christmas dinner. Literally, and we're having this conversation at the moment because we're preparing for Christmas. Christmas Mm -hmm. is like the most amazing, magical, big event that happens in our house every year. And we have a lot of traditions. I love traditions and I love things that is handed down through the generations. I would do a lot of things that my mom did. I would do a lot of things that my best friend's mom did. But what's really important, and again, this brings it back to the values and the boundaries and allowing your own personality to shine. I do all of that, but I put my stamp on it as well. And that's what I'll be handing over to my daughter and to my son. And I will be encouraging them, do those things, keep my memory alive. But do it with your slant on it too. Yeah, your yeah. own traditions too. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's really, really, really good. So let's talk about if you feel like everything is too much and that you're going through 
a really rough time and you're struggling to kind of get on top of it. And, you know, you could be entered in perimenopause or it could be still in your menstrual phase, the kids run around, your partner's driving you cracked. Yeah. You just feel like it's all too much. What would be a good first place to start to try and okay. get yourself back on track? The first thing to do is to stop selling yourself the excuse that you don't have time. It's bullshit. I know everybody is busy. Everybody has work. Lots of people have children. We have responsibilities for maybe other family members who are unwell. We have houses to maintain. We have shopping to do. We have traditions to keep up. We have to look well. We have to feel well. We have a lot of stuff. Like the list of stuff that women do is the length of the street. But if we continue to operate in that vein, there will be no more you. You will expire. You will be gone. You can expire and still be alive. Yeah. That makes sense? Yes. You're existing, but you're not. You're not living. living. Okay. So you are doing something in the day where you can find time for yourself. It's all about the choices that we make and the things that we prioritize. And again, oh, I have to do that thing because that's what was always done. Or I have to do it at that time because that's the time we always did it. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's an exercise that I have in SolWorks. It's called the Circle SolWork. And it's an energy dartboard of where energy is going. And in the center of that dartboard, there's a very small circle, like on a regular dartboard. And in that circle, that's where your name goes. Because you and Irish women in particular, I think it's a woman thing, but I think Irish women in particular really struggle with accepting that they must be the priority in order for everything to run smoothly in their families. So I'm not in the business of making women become selfish. I'm in the business of helping women become self-full. So stop selling yourself a line of shite that you don't have the time. You do have the time. Stop scrolling on social media and stop doing stupid things that are not enhancing your life. So just get better time management. That's the first protocol. Stop making the excuse. Pick up the pen, pick Mm. pick up the piece of paper. Document the things that are pressuring you and really, really pissing you off. So there's an exercise that we do on Soul Steps. Soul Steps is a different program that I have. And there's a section in there called My Head is Wrecked. Where <laughs> literally, because I keep it real, lads, we're keeping this Dublin Five, right? I wait to see the title for this podcast. Here, listen to this if your head is asking you that. So there's a section in there called My Head is Wrecked and what you're supposed to do when your head is wrecked. And it's like a spider diagram of literally mm. verbal diary out onto the page. And then everything that you've written on the page falls under three different categories. So what can I control? What's in my control? What can I take action on? And how can I delegate this? Okay. Yeah. And letting stuff go. You know, there's an awful lot of stuff that we're giving energy to that really is just taking up brain power in your ego and you need to let it go. But I suppose for the basic basics, taking soul works out of the equation when you're going to do the deep personal spiritual development work is your soul steps and your soul steps is your daily spiritual practice. So first things first is expressing gratitude, because if you're not expressing gratitude, nothing new or good is coming into your life. If you can't be grateful for what you have right now, well, then you're not getting anything else. It's that simple. Learning how to express gratitude correctly. So if it involves a person going about your business of expressing that to them and telling them why you're grateful, because energetically that raises your vibration, it raises their vibration. It raises the vibration of anybody who witnessed that conversation. And when the other person goes out into the world, they're then having a positive impact on other people too. 
So we're raising the vibration through gratitude. That's the first thing. Second thing is to set an intention just for today. Forget this five-year list, 10-year list, blah, 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 blah. The list is the longest street. What can you just do today? What can you take action on today? Because when you take action on something, you automatically feel better about who you are. Yes. Okay. The third thing would be is to learn the tools to manage your negative self-talk. We're flat out with the negative self-talk, lads. I know a lot lot of people are. And your brain does weird things to you as well, like even hormonally as well. And you can have an awful lot of negative self-talk, especially in that PMS time as well. I I always think that if you're not dealing with the stress in your life, it'll feel so much more intense during that time of PMS because you feel everything so much more intensely. And I actually, I noticed that's one thing with the HRT that I did notice is that it helped me to calm down the anxiety that I had and it helped me to stop feeling everything so much and just to let it relax a little bit. Made a difference. It's making sure that we are, have the tools to be able to manage our negative self-talk and know exactly what it is that we need to be able to say to ourselves to talk ourselves down off the shelf when we start saying things to ourselves like, you're not good enough. Don't say that in that meeting. You're going to come across like a fool. They're not going to listen to you. So why should you bother? You can have these generalized statements. The statement has to hit and land on your soul. This is what I always say to my clients. When you're formulating how you're going to flip your negative self-talk, I can give you suggestions, but if that doesn't knock you in the soul, it's not going to work for you. You need to come up with the language that you need for you to be able to swap that out. So managing the negative self-talk is imperative. And then meditation allows us to quiet the mind and go into the parasympathetic, you know, really relaxed state. If we're not giving our brains the opportunity to just shut down, well, then, you know, we're going to be stressed all the time. Then we have raised cortisol in our system. Absolutely no good, no good. And it creates disease. Movement. Movement is vital because anxiousness and movement cannot coexist. It is a physical impossibility. You cannot feel anxious when you're moving. So get movement into your body. Also flexibility. There's a pal of mine in the UK who speaks about this all of the time. And if you stay flexible in your physical body, there literally is a science around the fact that that makes you live longer. So when you're inflexible, you're most likely to die when you're younger. But when you keep supple and nimble and are able to bend in ways in which might be sore, but worth it when we're doing a bit of the yoga. It definitely <laughs> worth it in other ways as well. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. It elongates our life. And then the final thing for me is no matter what it is that we achieve in a day or a week, that we learn how to celebrate our wins, be them big or be them small. We need to be able to be in a humble way to pat ourselves on the back and say, do you know what? You did a good job with that, Nick. Well done. Like my daughter said to me last night, she is performing in the RTS next week. And she said, I know that my performance is going to be absolutely fine. I have no problem around that. However, I do have a problem with, and then she went on with what her problem was. And she said, ma'am, can I ask you a question? What I just said there, was that confident or was it cocky? (laughs) And I said, no, honey, 
that was a confident statement because you said it in such a humble way. Now, what cocky would be is, I know my performance is going to be brilliant, but it's going to be better than everybody else. That would be cocky. So she was able to celebrate her own win yesterday by saying, I know I've practiced and I know that my performance is going to be fine. And she's really looking forward to it. So and that is something kids have as well at a young age. I feel like we sort of lose it. I suppose we, a lot of these things, you know, that they actually I think they're great. Like they I have that until they're about seven. They yeah. They're great until they're about seven. And it's and so lovely. And they are great. And we yeah. lose that. And then they get this consciousness and self-awareness of what do they think? What do they think? Mm. I also think one other thing as well, it's something I try to make sure I always say to my daughter as well, because she's really gorgeous and she's beautiful long hair. And it's something that people always say to her as soon as they meet her. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you look at your hair. It's so gorgeous. And, you know, it happened again recently. And every time it happens, when I catch her, I say, also, do not forget, you are so smart. You're also funny. You are caring. You are great in school. You're a really good friend that you're not just all this visual thing. Mm. This is not where all your worth is. Your worth is in all the other great things that you are. And it's just I know that people point it out to you a lot. And yes, isn't it lovely that you're gorgeous and your hair is fabulous and she's a great kid. But it's just really important to empower her with the knowledge that it's not all about how she looks and to remind her that she is all these other things as well. Absolutely. And what I've always said to both of my kids is you are beautiful, but where you're most beautiful is on the inside, inside, in your character. How you display your beauty is out in the world every single day is when you are displaying kindness and care and understanding and inclusion. And I happen to be blessed with two very good looking kids. Same. And, and Donna too. <laughs> and you know, I do hear people saying to him, oh my God, he's so handsome. She's so beautiful. He's so tall. And so what I say now is you're very strong. You look so strong. Your body looks so strong and you look really great. And also, I loved the way you did that thing. I'm constantly complimenting them on their character. Because when you compliment a child on their character, rather than on their appearance. Yes. They're more likely to display that character again in your home and outside your home. Yeah, I think that's lovely. We need to do the same with our friends then as well. Always. Compliment each other. Not yes, I was out in Dublin. I was out in Dublin last Saturday night when my friend Leanne Caffrey went to Black Rock and Beat. I stopped literally every woman and I was like, oh my God. You look amazing. Where did you get that goonie? I was rocking that. And there was a, we were going into a club and there was a queue and there was this beautiful girl behind me. I said, oh my God, you're just totally glowing. You're gorgeous. And the guy standing beside her said, we just had a baby eight weeks ago. Uh, And I said, congratulations. That's amazing. That's lovely that you said we. However, let's (laughs) talk to you about her. So he got the finger wag and the whole thing about looking after his lovely girl and, and all the rest of us. But yeah, I'm constantly like I would cross the street to compliment somebody now. I love doing it too. And sometimes the thing is, is that that might have been the only compliment they could have gotten for the last week or the last month. You don't know who else yeah. is in their life and their face just lights yeah. up, you know. There was a lady once in a local restaurant across the road here in Twente 
all glass at the front and I saw her coming along the window and she was rocking her world, rocking her world, beauty and everything emanating from her energetically was stunning. So she came into the restaurant and she joined her family, her husband and her two adult children. And I said to my family, excuse me, I'll be back in a moment. I crossed across the restaurant and I said, excuse me, please. And she looked at me in horror. She was like, yeah, is everything okay? And I said, I just wanted to let you know, I saw you coming through. You look absolutely stunning and you're rocking that outfit. Go you. And she said, oh, thank God. I thought I was after parking the car incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> Always second guessing, but I think it's such yeah. a nice thing to do. And, you know, it literally might be the only compliment that they have gotten that day. And I think passing it on as well, it means that when you start doing it, then they start doing it to other people yeah. as well. And together, we like we lift each other up. Yeah, and I really think... Be very careful about yeah. who you bring into your circle as well and your friends. You want to make sure that the friends that you have are at that deeper level with you where you can have those conversations and you can really open up and they can appreciate those pieces of you that aren't the outer side, that are the inner side, that are real deep. And yeah. they are the relationships that you have that you can talk about the hot flushes and the low libido and all yeah. these things that all these women are going through with perimenopause and that are resonating from what we're doing online and talking about. And I think those friendships are just vital. And to be honest with each other, it just, well, just we're social animals. Yeah. yeah. We're social animals. We need community. We need belonging. We need to have a safe space to fall. Yeah. And that's why I create Soul yeah. Walking Soul Steps because lots of women just don't have that. I know what that feels like and I don't want that for anybody else. Mm -hmm. It'd be really good to do something like that with your friends as well because even if you can't or you don't have the time to kind of sit down and go through it, maybe making the time as a group to go together because usually if one's gone through something, you all are. And like you were saying, that kind of community learning, is that what you call it? It's shared learning spaces. Shared learning space. Okay. Really interesting. When somebody tells a story, there'll be somebody else in the room who'll say, she's telling my story. Yeah. Come to me. And now you have a common bond and a common thread. And that story might be something that you've harbored for 25 years. That might be something that you're like, oh God, I'd never tell anybody that. I'd be scared. Yeah. Like the last time, obviously everybody is just delighted to be able to go to public events again. I noticed the last big workshop that I did in Dublin, there was these little cohorts of young girls in their 30s. And it was an afternoon gig, so it was grand. And they're coming in with their glasses of wine and they're making a girly day of it. And then afterwards, you could see them dotted around the hotel having their dinner together. I walked around the whole hotel looking at people who I knew were in the room. And I was like, I have a big table booked down the end. Do you want to just join us down here? So we were like pulling people from little corners of the hotel after the workshop that we all sat at a really long table together and we were able to continue the discussion and continue yeah. the chats and continue the learning because there might be women in that room who came on their own and there yeah, was yeah. afterwards who were sitting having their food on their own we brought them all together and we created a little space was that's lovely i'm sure there's so many people that are listening today that are thinking wow i need this in my life i feel like this could be a cool thing for me to do at some yeah, point as well 
You know, and, who I am. I'm like, I'm like and, a social media prostitute at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> and like the learning and the work never ends. Sure, it doesn't. No, it's like, it's not like you're going to go to a thing and then, oh, yeah, I'm done. I'm healed. I've sorted out all my past. Because it just keeps coming back up again in different scenarios in your life in different oh, phases. Yeah, so it's continuing. It. When I see these things online and they're like, Heal your life in 15 days. I'm like, oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Give it up, lads. Do you see like a lot of people, the same kind of stuff for coming up uh, for time. people? What tends to be the same kind of stuff that keeps coming up, but just manifested perhaps in different ways? Yeah. The same thing that keeps coming up is that the individual is too giving of themselves to other people. Okay. At the detriment and sacrificing themselves and what's important to them. Um, it's an interesting one. In place. Not even understanding what people come to me, they don't even know they can have boundaries. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, they don't even know they can, that they or, can actually. That they should, yeah. Yes. yeah. And people often say to me, oh, I don't like confrontation. Yeah. No, I don't like confrontation. And I'm like, okay, let's break down that language. Nobody actually likes confrontation. Mm-hmm. But what you're actually saying is that you're not confident enough to put your boundaries in place. Do not mix up confrontation with boundaries. They're not the same thing. Confrontation is when you go out and you're picking a row. You're looking for the argument. A boundary is saying, I don't really like it when you speak to me like that. It doesn't make me feel good. And leaving it there. Not having to explain why the sun was not in alignment with the stars or the moon. And filling the uncomfortable silences. We're stating our boundaries from a space of love. And we are not speaking or making excuses around it any longer god i love that that's so good when you put a boundary in place donna you stay from a space of love you show them your teeth and you stop talking (laughs) show the teeth but not the fangs (laughs) and stop talking because what you have to say is important yeah your boundaries are just sit in it yeah sit in the discomfort Mm -hmm. because nobody's growing in the comfort zone and when you put a boundary in place or you say something that's really important to you, if you start filling the uncomfortable silences with lots of reasons why and start to validate what you just said, the essence and the importance of the message in the beginning is lost. Yes. Say it. Say it with love. Say it slowly. Say it with kindness. And stop talking. Yes. And <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yes. We could literally talk to you for hours and I knew this was going to happen. But... We'd love to know your three key tips for empowering yourself. What can women do, especially those that are going through stuff? They might be in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and things are starting. They're remembering. Not everyone has to have had a big past traumatic life event. Sometimes it's just a little series of these little things that has turned you on a different path or created you to, I don't know, just be a different person. But everyone, I believe, has work to do on themselves mm-hmm. and what are three different tips that you can think of that people can do to help themselves the first thing that you can do and it's the most difficult is learn how to love yourself unconditionally from the inside out that's a really tough job to do mm-hmm. and soul works helps you with that it's a blueprint actually so learning how to love yourself unconditionally from the inside out changes everything do things that bring you joy. That's number two. Fill yourself up with whatever brings you joy. If being in nature, barefoot brings you joy, that's what you're doing. If knitting 
brings you joy, that's what you're doing. If playing a sport brings you joy, that's what you're doing. Your joy is different to everybody else's. Okay. And then the third thing would be for me is to eradicate anybody in your life who is not your biggest cheerleader behind your back. How do they speak about you in a room when you're not there? Yeah. Because our list of friends is like really small, but they're really good quality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's quality over quantity. That's actually part of the circle soul work as well. Because the further you go out and you go through all of your relationships and the value that you hold on them and whether the investment is the same as what you're receiving back. Mm -hmm. Just keeping your circle tight, keeping your circle strong. That's how you create your sense of belonging. Yeah, this has been an incredible conversation because it opens up these conversations in your own head to start thinking like that, because not everyone is lucky enough to have a really good support network or a really good partner. And I think it's amazing what you're doing, whether someone's at breaking point or someone feels like they're doing well. There's never the wrong time to go and start no, this. No, never like, the wrong time. It, it, yeah. And Renee, what you said was right there a moment ago. I have a very challenging dark past. You don't have to have had that yeah. to go and do the internal work. You could just be gone off course for a minute. You mm, could be yeah. just having a bad couple of months. You could, you could be, be in there around everything for a while and that yeah. could send you down a road and you need yeah. to get back to yourself. Yeah. 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 I think no. for a lot of women that have gone through perimenopause or menopause or in it, they're now looking at their life in a different way where they're mm. like, hold on a sec. I need to make some changes here and change is okay. And change is good. I embrace change. I love change. I love every new season because I feel like it's a fresh start. Honestly, do you know this feeling we're compelled to spring clean? Like I just feel like that each season that happens, you need to clean it up as you go. Yeah. Deal with it. And if it is a little bit uncomfortable or painful for a while, that's okay. Lean in, feel it, it will pass. And then usually you come out feeling so much better, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Agree. Thank you so much for coming on today and for your time, Nicola. Like it was My an amazing, amazing chat. How can people find you? Well, the website is nicolaconnellyborn.com. On all social media platforms is Nicola Conleyborn. I'm active every single day and myself and my team are always getting back to people. We pride ourselves on literally putting our fingerprint on everybody who interacts with us. If you're into empowerment, if you're into consciousness, if you want to live your best life, you know where I am? Yeah, call Nicola. <laughs> call me. <laughs> Nicola, thank, thank you so much. You're an absolute you. inspiration. And thank you from all of our listeners as well. We'll have you back on again soon because this conversation is so not over. <laughs> this is only part one. This is only part one. Thanks, thank Carol. you. Thanks. Thank have you a great on. day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Key For Her podcast. We'd be so grateful if you could hit subscribe, rate and share this podcast with your friends. For tips, tricks and hacks and all things perimenopause, menopause, periods, menstrual cycles and skin health, follow us at Key For Her on TikTok and Instagram. Check out our website keyforher.com for more information.